My name is Philia, and I am here with my co-host, Yemi. Hi, guys. Welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, and fun conversations that surround our everyday life and our walk with Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5 says, Faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, Philia, we are wrapping up the season of the Power of Parables. And in the season of the Power of Parables, we take a closer look at the parables as told by Jesus Christ, which gives us insight into the kingdom of heaven and teaches us life lessons. So this is part two of our favorite parables as we wrap up this season. And I'm very excited to share a few more of my favorites. And I know Philia has some favorites to share as well. So, Yemi, which one is your favorite? Today, I will be sharing, um, uh, I will be talking about the parable of the wise and foolish builders. This parable we covered in episode seven and it was titled Built on Solid Foundation. It is in the book of Matthew, chapter seven, verses 21 to 27. I will be reading the Message Bible today to just kind of give a, a something different to, to ponder. And it begins. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we have preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in the Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach when a storm rolled in and the waves came up. It collapsed like a house of cards. Amen. Amen. Well, that was blunt. <laughs> you know, I really like the message version of that because it's so straight to the point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, tell me what you gathered from this parable. Well, this is one of my favorite parables because it tells me that you can't just talk the talk. You have to not only walk the walk, but live it, right? Mm -hmm. Truly embody it. Jesus tells, gives us these messages. The Bible teaches us these things. And it's not just for us to quote scriptures when it's convenient or you know, be an artist who gets up on stage and say, first, I want to thank God, but you're not really living a God-like life. Jesus is saying when the time of judgment comes, 
He wants to know what your foundation is. What did your life, what did your, what did your life stand upon? Was it about the word of God or what, did you pick up the word of God and use it when, when it was convenient? Did you say, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to curse you out, but then do something petty. <laughs> I mean, God wants you to know, wants us to know that we have to be walking, living, breathing examples of his word and his will, and not just when it's convenient for us. And that's a hard thing to do in this life because being a Christian is not easy. We contend with the world and the values of this world, which sometimes are contrary to the will of God and the word of God. And, and, And we have to pick the right side. Is it temporary enjoyment for this life? or everlasting life and embrace of our father. I I really, really love what you say if we're talking about a temporary life or the everlasting life with our father, because when you really think about the everlasting life, it almost seems so intangible because it's like, you can't really put a finger on it, right? Mm -hmm. It's about having your faith. But when you think of the temporal, we all want that temporary fix. We all want that immediate fix, you know, but you have to realize that the immediate is only for now, but you got to think long-term. You got to keep your eye on the prize. You got to think of, you know, what is the big win? What is the big picture? And the big picture is everlasting life in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So I love this because it's talking about having a strong foundation. When your foundation is weak and has holes and cracks in it, you can't keep doing damage control by putting quick cement and, and, and gorilla glue to keep it together. Right? <laughs> It's about, you know, that word of God, your word, the word of God is the one that strengthens it is the one that if our foundation is strong, then we can, we can literally overcome everything and anything under the sun because, because it's there for us, you know, so this is actually why I think this parable is so great, because it's showing us that having the word of God is the one to keep us strong, is the one to keep us aligned, but also the one that's going to get us into the kingdom of heaven as long as we keep our eye on the prize. Amen. Amen. And I love that you mentioned we can't do the quick fix or the gorilla glue because sometimes we call on God when we're in a sticky situation. And as soon as we're out, we're going back to our, our sinful ways. Um, it has to be constant and it's anything that you enter into life. Like God has to be the foundation. That's how you grow something strong, right? You don't want to be the silly or in the words of the message Bible, the stupid carpenter who right. built their house on sand, right? The foundation blows away. Right. It sinks, right? It gets wet. It sinks, right? It's not steady. It's not sturdy, but the word of God, it's sturdy and should guide our life. But, you know, if we built our our home on sand, maybe we're following the trends of the world. Maybe we forgot to put God first. And then when trouble came, we try to put God in. But you already have your foundation. You know, putting God in the middle doesn't really work. You might have to rebuild. But But no matter what, if you build your life, your whole existence on the word of God and his promise and being obedient to his will, it will serve you well in this life and the next period. 
You know, I, I remember um, the time when we talked about this parable, I, it reminds me of the story of the three little pigs, you know, well, <laughs> to me, the big bad wolf is, is Satan, right? So it's like this idea that, you know, you want the quick fix. The quick fix is to build your house on, on, on straws and sticks and, 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 and sandcastle, but instead of, you know, mortar and cement where it's strong, it's a foundation, and yes, it takes longer, but mm -hmm. at the end, it's the one that's going to withstand the big bad wolf, the Satan, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the daggers, the, that is your armor, you know? And I, I think that that's how we are in this world. We all want that quick fix, you know, but we're not thinking of our cement to to cement ourselves into the kingdom because it's so it seems like it will take so long. We 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 always want to we always think time is the enemy, you know, in a sense, because if we think of it long term, putting in that time and energy is like, who wants to do that? We want to see what's going on now. We want to know about the here and now. And that's of that's being of the world. You know, it's it's not it's not looking like you want to be of the kingdom of God. So I like the fact that this parable is is really teaching us and conveying that idea about staying strong and being positive and obeying and trusting God and trusting his word that in the end it will we will succeed and we will overcome all of these issues of the world because in the end being in the kingdom of God is the ultimate real reality and 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 the ultimate happiness that God will give us so amen to that amen yes yes, yes. so philia what is a favorite parable of yours that you are going to share? Okay. Um, one of my favorites actually is the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. Um, you know, um, everybody, you know, you can be many bridesmaids, but eventually we all want to be the bride. So mm -hmm. <laughs> the parable of the 10 bridesmaids, I think is, is a really good one. That one was, uh, number 18 of our, or like our episode number 18, and it is taken from Matthew um, 25, verses 1 to 13. So, you know, we love the message version because it's straight to the point. So I will begin. It says, God's kingdom is like 10 young virgins who took oil lamps and went out to greet the bridegroom. Five were silly and five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps, but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom didn't show up when they expected him, and they all fell asleep. In the middle of the night, someone yelled out, He's here! The bridegroom's here. Go out and greet him. The ten virgins got up and got their lamps ready. The silly virgins said to the smart ones, Our lamps are going out. Lend us some of your oil. They answered, there might not be enough to go around. Go buy your own. They did. But while they were out buying oil, the bridegroom arrived. When everyone who was there to greet him had gone into the wedding feast, the door was locked. Much later, the other virgins, the silly ones, showed up and knocked on the door saying, Master, we're here. Let us in. He answered, Do I know you? I don't think I know you. So stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> That's so sad. I do not want to be left at that door. No, <laughs> knocking, sir. 
Right. It's like, do I know you? Um, who are you? It's I, I love this parable. You know why? Because it's always talking about you have to stay ready because you never know when God when is, is going to arrive. You know, you always have to be one on your best behavior. You always have to be ready because you don't know when he's going to come. And you always have to be prepared because it's about the opportunity, not necessarily about luck, but it's about your preparation, meeting opportunity. That is your opportunity to get into the kingdom. So the doors will not be locked on you. So what do you have to do? You have to, you have to cross your T's and dot your I's. So these five smart bridesmaids were like, hey, we don't know when he's going to come, but guess what? Let's have our extra oil because if we we don't want to be left in darkness we want to always be ready we will always want to have that light so he can find us while the other ones were like well we have enough for when he gets here but then he doesn't show up at the time that we expected and that's showing us god's saying you don't know when he's going to come because if you did everyone would be on their best behavior right mm -hmm. but then how do you decipher who are really the good ones and who are not how do you decipher who are the ones who really have integrity and who are not? How do you decipher about the ones who are truly good and the ones who are pretending to be good and putting on an act? So that's why we don't know when he's going to come. So in having faith that he will come, it also keeps us on our on our toes about always trying to be righteous, right? Always being Christ-like, our ABC, you know, acronym. So... <laughs> I like this this parable because it's showing us that we have to be the five smart bridesmaids or the five smart virgins, not the ones who are going and banking on what they have and not trying to, to prepare themselves for that day because we don't know when that day is going to be. Amen. I mean, this, when we covered this, um, we titled it Get Saved or Get Left, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and we never want to be left, right? We think right. about the things in this world, right? Like we always want to be included and not excluded. We feel so bad when we're excluded. But here, Jesus, God is, Jesus is telling us in this parable that preparation is the key and you need to be ready always. Like, like you said, Philia, how do you decipher integrity? It's for people who are only can only withstand the short term, who are not about the long term. Even in the last parable, when you, you talked about the, the last pig who built his house with bricks and it was take it took longer. That's the whole point. It's that even if it takes longer, you still have to be prepared. Even you don't. There's no shortcuts to this. Right. You think that there are you want wish that there were, but there's no shortcuts to the kingdom of heaven. You're either ready or you're not. And when God comes, when and the final judgment comes, are you going to say, well, tomorrow I was about to get saved? Well, you know, I was going to do better tomorrow. I was going to ask for forgiveness for my sins. No, every single day you need to be good. Every single day you need to be obedient. Every single day day you need to ask for forgiveness for your sins because we don't know when our time is up right right ever right. but as long as we're in preparation constantly we will always be included I love this. I love this. Yes. Oh, um, when, yes, always being prepared, right? Because we don't know when it's going to happen. And I really love the fact that you said that because I think that it's important for us to, to 
keep our mind and 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 keep our mindset on the fact that that day will come we just don't know when it's going to be so it keeps us on our toes it keeps us um, um, always, always yearning for that day to come and keeps us well behaved, not pretending because people will always show you who they are. But when you are real, you can't fake it. Right. So I think this is about being genuine and being true and being righteous and always trying because we are going to make mistakes. But if just like these bridesmaids that when he did not come, right. We don't know. They didn't give up. They didn't say, oh, he didn't show up. So what are we going to do now? They fell asleep. But the minute someone said, hey, he's here, they were prepared. So that's how life is. Like, you just don't know. And I just love this parable because it's like once it shuts his doors, it's like, I don't know you because when you had the opportunity to know me or for me to get to know you, you were not ready. So this is how you you're, this is how you get shut out. And we don't want to be on that side of the fence. We want to definitely be in that kingdom looking down at the others. So I love this parable. We're definitely going to take this one as one of the favorites. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So... Uh, do you have a, another parable that you would like to share? Yeah, actually, um, it's the parable of the lost sheep. Mm -hmm. And this was covered in episode eight, and we titled it, Got 99 Sheep and Still Chasing the Lost One. Okay. Um, I actually really love that that title because it's a play on uh, two of Jay-Z's songs. Um, <laughs> one is like lost one and then one got 99 problems. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I, I just thought, you know, that this was a really, really good parable in terms of understanding who God is and who we are to him. And this is in the book of Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 to 14. Again, reading from the message Bible so that we have a different flavor. Okay. At about the same time, the disciples came to Jesus asking, who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? For an answer, Jesus called over a child whom he stood in the middle of the room and said, I'm telling you, once and for all, that unless you return to the school, uh, return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elemental again like this child will rank high in God's kingdom. What's more, when you receive the childlike on when you receive the childlike on my account, it's the same as receiving me. But if you give them a hard time bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust, you'll soon wish you had it. You, you'd be better off dropped in the middle of the lake with a millstone around your neck. Doomed to the world for giving these God-believing children a hard time. Hard times are inevitable, but you don't have to make it worse. And it's doomsday to you if you do. If your hand and and your, your foot gets in the way of God, chop it off and throw it away. You're better off maimed or lamed and, and alive than the proud owners of two hands and two feet, godless in a furnace of eternal fire. And if your eye distracts you from God, pull it out and throw it away. You're better off one-eyed and alive than exercising your 20-20 vision from the inside um, the, of the fire of hell. Watch what you don't watch. Watch that you don't treat a single one of these childlike believers arrogantly. You realize, don't you, that your their personal angels are constantly in touch with their father in heaven? Look, 
at it this way. If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders off, doesn't he leave the 99 and go after the one? And if he finds it, doesn't he make, doesn't he make far more over, over it than the, over the 99 who stay put your father in heaven feels the same way. He doesn't want to lose even one of these simple believers. Amen. Amen. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. And I, you know, Jesus talks about a lot of things before he tells the parable, including talking about childlike believers. Um, this is really important to give context to the fact of what Jesus is saying, how we should be in his presence. We should fully trust and believe him. We should engage like you know how children just love and trust you and they look up to you and they respect you that's how god wants us to be with him that's how jesus is telling us this is how you receive him fully trust him you know some of us question jesus myself included <laughs> sometimes <laughs> when we struggle right but if we had childlike faith we would say you know what I don't understand, but God is doing things for my good. I don't understand, but God has a plan, right? Mm -hmm. If we really believed and felt that way, then we would be good. Mm -hmm. And God says that no one should harm any of his children. Those are the people who have this trial, childlike faith. Um, these are the people who have the childlike faith. And then when he goes into the parable, he says, look at it this way. He's saying that the one sheep that's lost from the herd, mm -hmm. the shepherd makes a big deal out of it. The 99 stay put because they, they are already safe. They are already secured. But that lost one is important. Just like a child. Mm -hmm. We are God's children. He will always chase after us. I love this parable because it tells us that no matter what we do in this life, God doesn't give up on us. Right. It is we who give up on ourselves. Yes. It is the devil who tells us that God doesn't love us and doesn't want us anymore. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. death of Jesus, his crucifixion and his resurrection gives allows us to be reconciled with God. Oh. We have to repent. God will chase after us. And if we turn around, there's always room for us in his house. We can never be excluded if we repent. Jesus loves us that much that no matter what we do, he will still chase after us. He still wants us to return to the fold. That's why I love this parable, because we can do nothing to lose God's love for us. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. I I love this parable. And thank you so much. Well said. It really touches um, my heart because, you know, I look at this from a perspective of a of a teacher. Right. Um, you know, if you're taking your kids on a trip and one gets left on the train, you are going to keep the ones who are all together and say, hey, stay here. We need to go find that one, you know, and that's on a that's on the scale of just saying, you know what, I'm in charge of these, these children and how dare I lose someone else's child. So just imagine what God feels for us, you know, and that's the reason why he would go after that one, no matter what. It's like, oh, well, 
people might look at it, well, hey, you got 99 here. So what's the problem with just one? But that one, that lost one, that one that's alone, that one that is the most vulnerable, that is the one that is the most precious because it is our goal to make sure that one is safe so that he's that one child is not vulnerable and left for the lions and, you know, uh, 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 the outside world to get to that child. It's about protecting that child so that it can be with the others because we know those who are safe will continue to be safe. They can continue to uplift each other, but the one that's alone is the one that's going to be the most vulnerable. And I think that's how we have to see what God will do for us. God is definitely the one that's going to chase after us when we are lost, because that's when we're most vulnerable, but that's also the time that we will be able to cry out to him. You know, when we are vulnerable, we're also most the most humble you know, because we don't have anything to showboat. We don't have anything to be pompous about. That is the time where the weakest, and that's the time God can actually reach us the most. So I think this is really important to, 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 to mention and convey to others. That's why I love this parable the most. Oh, you love it the most. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I got it. (laughs) I mean, there's just so many good parables. There's so many that lessons that we've learned um, in this season of the power of parables. I just, you know, appreciate taking this deep dive with you, Philia, mm-hmm. and and all of you who are listening and all of you who come onto the live and and share with us because this is what it's about. It's about fellowship, community, and growth, learning from the Bible and putting it into context in our daily lives and actually applying it. I love these parables. I actually have more favorites. You have, have more favorites? More, I have, we have more, but you know what? We got to save it for the live. That's a good point. We can save I, it for the live. Yes, yes. We have to save it for the live. But we we are just so grateful for you all to tune in and listen to us. And I'm so happy that we decided to share our favorite parables because we've just been on this mission of of doing, you know, the the two parables a week before the live and not really being able to talk and enjoy it because sometimes when you go and you reflect, you see things that you didn't see before and this is why I like going over this and and it's it'll be great to hear what our viewers are are going to say about the ones that are their favorites as well. So I really appreciate this, Yami. That thank you. Thank you for for always being there and always doing this and being able to share this experience with you. You know, so so we we thank you all for tuning in and listening to our favorite parables. We look forward to seeing you on the live. Um, and right now we say stay tuned for our announcements and our closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on part two of our favorite parables. Before we end, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close with our prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will begin our introduction to our new series starting next Wednesday, September 14th. But we are super delighted to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesdays YouTube live discussion. Here, we will continue to discuss our favorite parables, but we also want to hear from you. Which one is your favorite parable? Well, you have your opportunity to answer that. So don't miss it. We're on tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. 
So please check out our Instagram page for updates. But if you like us, then spread the news. Follow us, click that like button, and then you can comment, share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer, specifically praying from the text of the Bible. Now, God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. And Isaiah 55, 11 says, God's word does not come back void. So since our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come in agreement with us for this closing prayer. Father God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and our King, we thank you for your reign is eternal. May your reign be complete in our lives and in the life of the world. Please answer our prayers and bring breakthroughs in the situations that are holding us back. We ask that you show us mercy and give us the grace to follow you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the source of all true joy in our lives. The Bible says that you will do whatever we ask in Jesus' name. So hear our prayers in the name of Jesus for a breakthrough in our lives. May you, Father, the God of all grace, who has called us into eternal glory by Christ, make us whole again. Father, make us holy, strong, and filled with peace. To you be the glory and honor forever and ever, Father God. Father God, you are our divine redeemer. So we thank you for coming to the earth for us, for our sake, Father God. We thank you for your infinite majesty and beauty, which your angels delight to behold. Father God, we thank you for uniting us to yourself through your Holy Spirit, Father God. And we thank you that you are sealed at the right hand of our Father, interceding for us, Father God, and hearing our prayers for breakthrough, Father God. Father God, we thank you that there is nowhere that we can turn to, no one that we can turn to beyond your presence. So you have promised that when we call on you in prayer, that you will listen to us and hear our prayers and pour our your favor onto us and pour your blessings onto our lives. So let the majesty of you, Father, be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son, of your Son, Father God, be the one that loves and inspires us to be the best version of ourselves, Father God. And in the presence of the Spirit, be our strength and empower us, Father God. Gracious Father, we turn to you with confidence and seek your powerful intercession. So hear our prayer for favor and breakthrough. Help us to conquer the temptations of the evil one. Empower us to love you and others with our whole heart. And we pray with faith in your desire to listen and faith in your power to act. Help us to live in accordance, Father God, with your will for the rest of our days. Father God, we pray from the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable to you, Father God, and may be pleasing to you, Father. O oh Lord, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer, in Jesus' precious name, may we all continue to say and pray, amen, amen, and amen. Whew. We thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on listening to our favorite parables. But we would love to hear from you. 
So don't forget to tune in tonight for our Wisdom Wednesdays on our YouTube live discussion, which will take place tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. We can't wait to see you there. Until then, be well and always remember to be kind to one another. Stay blessed because you are favored by God. We love you. We thank you. And we see you soon. Bye.